Welcome to your Veterans Resource Podcast, Return to Roots. This podcast is for service members and their family members regarding retention, transition, and reintegration from active duty to veterans in the community. Hi, I'm your host, Chris Elder, an active duty senior chief in the United States Navy. My partner in crime slash host is Yogi Hernandez, who's an active duty chief in the Navy. Together, we are documenting our experiences as we prepare to transition and reintegrate into the community. Every podcast will have actionable content that will benefit American service members and their families, as well as those who have already transitioned and reintegrated. We got some exciting news. My transition timeline 365 is now on the Android and Apple App Store. Go on there, download it, track your transition timeline, find Return to Roots Mildevet inside of the app where you can find new updated episodes and get the most up-to-date information on your transition because your transition and reintegration into the community is priority. Enjoy the app and enjoy this show. This material is intended for a mature audience. If you have little ears within earshot, please make sure that you listen to it before you allow them to listen. We encourage people to utilize Courage to Call 211 if you have any suicidal ideations or if you just need somebody to talk to, 211 is a great resource. Welcome to Return to Roots. Today, we will be having Ashley Gonzalez, financial advisor with Edward Jones. He did 21 years in the service as a Navy chief, retired LS. He is currently here in San Diego, California. He is an awesome down-to-earth guy. Got a chance to meet him at a congressional hearing, give his testimony on how to better serve our veterans after they transition and why they fall into criminal paths for the correctional facilities. So he's trying to prevent that kind of stuff. He's also a board member for Reboot, which he originally was a part of classes that started Reboot. So without further ado, Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, Ashley, do me a favor and tell us about your time during Reboot and your experience behind it. So we were in Panama on the USS McCluskey. She's back there. Unfortunately, she's down at the bottom of the ocean. And this was in 2012. And in 2012, we were doing our, our drug and addiction cruise uh, down there, six-month deployment. And I figured, okay, you know what? I, I, I hopefully will be able to make senior chief. Uh, I think obviously the path I was going, uh, I, my, my background is, is the TAR Navy or, or uh, FTS, uh, for those that are familiar with that term. I thought, okay, I, I had my master's degree, I, I had uh, three warfare devices, you know, we just had the Blue E, we won the Battle E, I went on deployment. Uh, I saw the numbers come out, and it was six senior chiefs that were selected. I said, okay, I think I could be one of them, and I wasn't. Well, in the meantime, I was in my window to to, uh, negotiate orders, and I did it. And so what happens, as all detailers do, they'll go ahead and give you a hot fill, needs in the Navy. And my hot fill was Gulfport, Mississippi. And I was like, nah. (laughs) So as I found out that I had a go to Gulfport because I didn't make senior chief. I was like, well, I don't really don't want to go to Gulfport. Can I just go ahead and retire? I figured, okay, I'll retire at my EAOS, which is in another year. And come to find out, I was told, nope, if I wanted to retire, I had to retire my PRD. And my PRD was in October of 2012. And we got back from the appointment July of 2012. So that's what, 
August, September, October. I had three months to basically get out. And that's planning for wow. retirement. Wow. You know, planning to find a job, the whole nine yards. So in the meantime, my wife helped out and I sent her all my evals. She went to the Feet Family Support Center. She got together with uh, one of the caseworkers there. Her name was Ebony James. I mean, she was an angel and really helped create just an incredible resume for me. And with that, I got to learn about LinkedIn, getting caught up on how to create a profile. But I was on deployment, right? Getting ready to come back home now. We're about more than halfway through. And so I get back, found out I was able to go ahead and get out of my PRD. And I went ahead and start planning my retirement. Got on palm leave. When we got back, we went to a church event in San, San, San Antonio, Texas with our, our, our church. Drove back. We drove cross country, drove back, came back from Palm Leaf, worked for a little bit. And my command said I could go ahead and go to Reboot. In that time frame, I was, I was networking and I met Maurice and he invited me to go to Reboot, submitted my paperwork. I got accepted to go to Reboot class of, I want to say it was 25 or 23, something like that. And I went and it was one of the best experiences of transition, uh, always recommended to every transitioning vet. It helped me to prepare myself for the outside world, to find new opportunities, to believe in myself, to know that I don't need to be institutionalized, as some people call it when you're in the military. It was a, a, a great three weeks of learning about mindset, scotomas, you know, how to write a resume, how to network. That's why I was introduced to NavNet and meet people from different companies and how to be able to network. I was able to get introduced to a transition coach that at the time, uh, National Veterans Transition Service, I don't even think they would call that at the time, but just the reboot program, uh, they offered. And so I did, I got together with the transition coach and that was great. Got to learn more about coaching and really inspired me to want to coach. And so I went through the courses, became a transition coach myself. But in the meantime, here I am still trying to find a job and, and I'm from New York, New York city. And, you know, New York city, in order to make anything happen, you got to hustle. And this two different mindsets of hustling. You either sing and rock, which is not good, or you're really actually looking to make something happen for yourself and your family. I went ahead and I was looking for my next career opportunity. It wasn't about finding my next job. And all that networking, going out there, being humble through the process, asking people to help, whether through prayer or just find me a job, I was able to go ahead and find something. Uh, well, at the time, just be able to learn more how to network, but then also find something through this company called Client Solutions Architect. Uh, that, that was one company. There was another company that I had interviewed with, but I chose them at the time. After uh, the following year, 2013, was let go due to government shutdown, sequestration, and then I found another job. After that, there was some contract stuff going on with the next uh, company, and I wanted to find something else anyway, so I, I landed with another company, another defense contractor. So here I am on the ups and downs of defense contracting, but that last one, uh, Coach Trummer was really, was great. It was great in the fact that it was small. I wanted to help build, but then when we lost the contract, 
the owners there told us they were going to lose the contract that we were on, but they told us in such enough time that they said, Hey, look, if you find another opportunity, go for it. And, uh, but you still have a job here. And so unfortunately we have to let you go. So that took about two months. And then I found Edward Jones. I went ahead and did the interview process. And it was about a 45 day process from interview background checks, the whole nine yards. And that happened in 2015. So it's going on eight years now that I've been with Edward Jones and it's been a, a great ride ever since. Thanks for sharing that. And the reboot class, we just got done releasing Maurice Wilson's last four episodes talking about reboot. So one thing that I want to get out there is that reboot is not just about transitioning, but also about reintegrating into the community and it really figure out who are you? How did reboot help you identify your strengths and how your past service was actually transferable into the civilian side? That's a great question, Chris. I think with the reboot program, it allowed me to be able to understand a little bit more about who I am and who I want to become. First and foremost, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, and I'm a, I'm a disciple of Jesus. And so with all of that, how can I leverage the skill sets of what I've learned in the military to be able to still be, you know, a father, a husband, and a disciple of Jesus in a way where I'm clear-minded, you know, really focused on being the, those three people and providing. And so the reboot program allowed me to be able to, it's not just about writing a resume, but really about getting entrenched into the community, finding the new opportunities that are out there to provide for yourself and your family, and to be able to still make a difference because in the military, we're always making a difference without even really knowing it. When you think about the impact that we have just on comrades alone, I mean, how many of us have done community relations projects in foreign countries? That's impact. We even do it here in CONUS. That's impact. Well, how can you still have those skill sets and turn them into something that can produce income for you in the community? And so it allowed me to be able to see that my skill sets of, you know, typing up a 1348 to buy a part wasn't the only skill set I learned. It was about, you know, people, the soft skills, how to be able to connect with people, how to be able to transfer the skills that I learned in the military, both hard and soft, and be able to make income from it. And Reboot helped me to do that. And so the whole reintegration uh, is a real thing. And people don't understand that, but it truly is. And it's hard for a lot of people, but I was super, super fortunate to have a great complement of people that surrounded me, uh, as well as the reboot program. So you mentioned that, right? And you mentioned your transition, you mentioned your hard times, and you mentioned that you took the most common route that almost everybody does, going to the contractor or going staying at, at the Department of the Defense portion of it. And then after a while, because of all the hardship and the insecurity of it, you were like, you know what, let me find something else. And then from there, you landed with Edward Jones, 
But something that I want to highlight about this is not only did you use Reboot, learn from it, got your success, got a lot of mentors, but now you're also a part of the, you have continued your ties with Reboot, right? And helped it grow since what it was 10 years ago. And now it's amazing the, to the point of the scale of reaching multiple states across the United States, doing virtual classes, doing, uh, so it's a, a three-week in-person class if you're able to do it. If not, it's a two-week virtual class on top of the one-day um, initial settings of the class, right? So you can get a, a breakdown of what it is. And then from there, you have the My365 and everything else that it has, branches up from there. And you are part of that creation. How or what would you say about that? And how would you expand about it? Well, I give all the credit of Maurice. You know, he he's really kind of the catalyst behind uh, Jim Wong as well. These, these people ha have just a, a, a desire um, and an infectious attitude to want to pay it forward. And so I think a lot of us have adopted that uh, from them. And I know I do too. I, I definitely would love to pay it forward in, in, in many aspects. And I, I felt like people have been there for me, you know, and I want to be there for them. And I think with regards to the reboot process and how I was able to come out of that on top, I mean, it, as you know, and I'm sure people that are going to be listening to this podcast on YouTube, I mean, it is an incredibly humbling process to come out of the military, especially if you serve for 20 plus years. Not to say that those less that, that serve less time, it's not hard for them, but I'm just saying, for me personally, it was a very hard time, a very humbling time where here you're used to being someone and now you're not that person anymore. And then trying to find something that's going to allow you to be able to provide for your family and do other things that you want to do. I mean, quite frankly, we didn't get paid a lot in the military, so not a lot of us had a good amount of savings when we transitioned out. And so it was tough. Reboot was there to help out as well as the individuals that that have brought Reboot to where it's at today. Reboot, they sat you down. You learned all this stuff about yourself. And Maurice and Jim Wong and all these other people that are in there did a, a fabulous job. What are some of the benefits as far as networking before you get out? Do you get from Reboot? You know, that's a really, really interesting question, Chris. I think when it comes to the actual program itself, you you get out of it what you put into it. So I think for me at the time, just being desperate, right? I mean, when looking at new opportunities, we're kind of desperate. So I just wanted to take it all in and then put it into practice. So some of the things I learned was obviously how to confront people and talk to people about opportunities that might be out there for me. And again, that's humbling because you don't know where this person, who this person is and what they can offer you. If they can even offer you to somebody, you know, as, as Tom Hammonds may say at the NavNet, you, you can be introduced to somebody who's going to introduce you 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 to somebody that's going to give you that opportunity. With that, it's, it's, it's about just getting out there and just getting out of yourself. Being on the uh, now on the board of the National Veterans Transition Service Incorporated, the Reboot Program, it's really cool to kind of like be at, at this level now trying to help veterans in any way possible that I can move forward and then again, just pay it forward 
from there. I appreciate you talking about Reboot where it pretty much helps you identify who you are. Um, I'm wearing my little my little wristband, everyone, because I'm yeah. a fan of Reboot. You got the relearn, rebuild, rebrand yourself. Reboot is essentially your boot camp for when you transition out of the military and it helps you reintegrate into the community. How did you get to where you're at today, brother? Yeah. What's your what's your story, man? I want to hear about all 21 years of how you thought that AZs were the best. And <laughs> just keep going, man. I, I, I like it. You're going on a good uh good, good routine here, here, brother. All right. So it all started back in my mother's womb in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a two baby. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's funny. So my 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 mom and dad immigrated from Puerto Rico to New York. Uh they didn't get to know each other. Um, until they met in New York in Brooklyn, you know, they fell in love and, you know, it's all she wrote, right? But then they ended up moving to the Bronx and my dad was, he was entrepreneurial. He was, he was actually a doorman in New York City in Manhattan, but he didn't want to work for the man anymore. So he ended up getting into uh, bodegas. He, he, he had bought a bodega. Uh, it's like a mom and pop grocery store. After that, he ended up selling it. And this is all in the South Bronx, right? And then he bought another one and right next door, he bought a social club. So I grew up in that environment in, in the South Bronx, you know, uh, 10 blocks away from Yankee Stadium, 171st in, in Jerome Avenue. It was a great upbringing. I tell you, my parents absolutely loved their kids, loved family, were very family oriented. <laughs> so family oriented that there was an opportunity to buy a house, our own house in New Jersey, about seven miles away. My mom was like, nah, it's too far away and crossing over the George Washington Bridge to go see my grandmother. She said, no, it's too far. So we never bought it. And I'm like, man, you know, it would have been nice to have a house, right? But no, I mean, we grew up, my sisters and I, my older sisters uh, in the Bronx, helping my mom and dad in the store. So my dad was very entrepreneurial. From there at 18, unfortunately, he passed away of gastric cancer. And then I joined the military. That was a tough time for my family, obviously losing my dad and then now losing, you know, me. I went to the military and I was very selfish. I was, you know, I was a spoiled brat. I wanted to do this for me. I thought, okay, maybe I could do this with my buddy. And we were going to do it together. The whole buddy system that they talked about, that the recruiters talked about, that went as far as MEPS. Because I, think <laughs> I ended up having to get a waiver. And uh, he went through and he ended up going to Orlando for boot camp, like in... I don't know, October, I ended up going to Great Mistakes in, <laughs> in like August of 1991. And so that was it. I mean, he stood in the East Coast. I went to the West Coast. From there, like I said, 21 years in the military. I was in AK. I was in Lamore, California with a VFA squadron. Some of the, my best times in the military. That was awesome. My first ship was the USS Nimitz on a two-week um, reserves coming on board for their summer two weeks program. Then I went to a supply department in Boston. That's where my daughter was born. From there, we went to back to the West Coast. From, so from West Coast, East Coast, back to the West Coast. My son was born in Ventura County in Oxnard. I was stationed at Point Magoo. I was a P3s over there. That was awesome. We all became SKs. We remember that. From there, things opened up for me. I got out of aviation, went to the First Naval Construction Division in Virginia, became LSs, and went to NECC. After I picked up Chief at First Naval Construction Division, went to NECC, Navy Expeditionary Combat Command, the, the, the TICOM over there. And then from there, went to the USS McCluskey. 
So if you can see from all of that, the McCluskey was my real first ship. <laughs> you did spend a little bit of time on Mother Nimitz. So. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did. But that was great. I was the LCPO on there, um, you know, and, and it was great working in S1. Got to learn a lot about myself. Really good chain of command to 2020, or excuse me, 2012 uh, is when I retired, as I said earlier. That's all she wrote. I, I would have done more. I would have done more time. Uh, I love the Navy. I miss the Navy. I miss the camaraderie. It, it was really, really a, a great time, but seemed like God had other plans. And so sure enough, and it, and it was it, high size 2020, right? So I could have very well went on another ship, a destroyer, the Howard. And if I did, I would have missed out on my daughter's graduation. I would have missed out on a couple other things. So, and I think it was a, a BMD ship. <laughs> so, you know, those ballistic mi missile defense ships never seen land. So I'm not right. I'm trying to do that. So, so it worked out. Like I shared earlier, the transition was tough, but in the end, I feel incredibly blessed being with an exceptional uh, firm in Edward Jones. We're a Fortune 300 company. Uh, we're a partnership. So we really get to work on our clients' overall holistic financial plans and not worry about shareholder wealth like you know some of our uh, friendly competitors uh, that are in the stock market or are publicly traded. It, it really has allowed me to realize dreams that I've never realized before. That's beautiful, bro. Kept you here in San Diego. Why not go back to New York? Yeah, no, nah, I think it's because of the family. A lot of the family left. They moved on. My mom's still there. She lives in upstate New York. I have one sister, unfortunately, passed away in 2014 from lupus. Right before I actually joined Edward Jones, the sister, she lives in Maryland. I got my, my tias and cousins that live in Florida. I got a couple that live in, in, in the Bronx, some that live in Brooklyn. But yeah, there was uh, there was no reason to, to go back. I definitely wasn't going to raise my kids there. It's super expensive. So yeah, we stayed. <laughs> you know, we stayed here and, and we love it. I mean, you can't beat the weather here in San Diego. Yeah, my sister, she's in New York. She's in uh, Brooklyn right now. Okay. Uh, and I, I went to go visit her when I found out that I was going to be transitioning out or retiring. That was the biggest conversation about us just wrapping everything up, moving up there with her and just kind of hanging, hanging our hats over there. Now, after being here for almost a year, I'm like, oh, I kind of like San Diego. So we're, 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 thinking, we're, we're, we're thinking about staying here for a while and then, you know, going from there, man. But no, it's it's good to have family and it's amazing to have family. By the way, you have an amazing family. You yeah, know, you met your my daughter. Yeah, uh, your, uh, your daughter at Navnet. Yeah, yeah. and she's amazing. Yeah, so. she, yeah, she just graduated from college, uh, Cal State LA. I tell you a little story just about my daughter. I mean, she's a she's a fighter. She is. She has an a, an incredible soul. Um, so she was born in in Boston. She was born twelve weeks early, two pounds three ounces. Thought we were gonna lose her. There was actually a point because we were in a Catholic hospital. They said, you know, things look very bleak. If you want to consider abortion, we can move you to another public hospital. I said, no, we're going to we gotta stick through this. I just became a Christian. And I said, no, we're going to stick through this. And so we did. And she was a fighter. She would, she was born. Uh, my wife had to go through a C-section. It was an emergency C-section. She was in the NICU for two months and just fighting. Uh, stubborn little, little baby girl. She had... She tubes up her nose and she was a little jaundiced. So they had her under the light. 
she kept taking the, the tubes off. She's always been a fighter. She's grown up, you know, school wasn't her biggest thing, but she, she always persevered. COVID was actually a blessing in disguise for her uh, because like I said, she wasn't a, a big student. She was changing majors left and right. She even took a strategic pause from academia for about a year, went back to school. And then when COVID hit, I don't know, but she just took off like gangbusters. I guess the environment of doing Zoom was helpful for her. She was on the Dean's list. I'm super proud for her that she was able to graduate here in December and she's going to be walking uh, down the aisle and, and for graduation here in, in May. And so was, we're, we're really excited for her. I also have my son. I love him to death. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just wanted to talk about my daughter because we met her. So, so that's a story. You have two children and and your and your wife. So I imagine they were also with you during your journey in the Navy as well. Oh yeah. But when you transitioned, you you said out loud, first I was a father and a husband and a man of God. So that's that's awesome. Like you found that and what are some of the benefits of being able to kind of focus and shift your gears? We, we know about your daughter, mm-hmm. but what other, what other benefits did you find being able to shift your gears and focus on your family? And then. Yeah, no, great question. Uh, well, first I want to make sure that I have the list that you guys have the list, right? It's, it's, you know, a disciple of Jesus, a, a husband, and then a father. And I, I, I truly believe uh, in that order that, in order for me to to the, be the best in everything else, I have to have a, a, the best relationship I have with God. And so because of that, I mean, I believe I'm a really good husband to my wife, a great husband. I hope if you ask her, she says that, but I'm pretty sure she will. I mean, we've been married now 29 years. So, um, I mean, I, I tell people this, is like, I was worth dead to her more than a lie when I was active duty. And if she kept me, I guess I must be a keeper, right? So, <laughs> but um, and then my kids, you know, my, my son, he, he's, oh man, it, it, it's just so awesome to be a father to a daughter, to a son, you know, my daughter's older. So it's funny. My wife doesn't drink. So she was my first drinking buddy when she became of age. <laughs> yeah, Not too much. Now she's gotten more sophisticated, you know, she's doing the wine, not that I don't do wine, but she's doing more sophisticated stuff. Then my son turned 21. I introduced him to alcohol and now he likes, you know, bourbons and whiskeys. And it's pretty fun doing that with him as well. We we talk sports all the time. It's we're big, huge Yankees fans, Giants fans, Knicks fans, college basketball. We love Duke. Sorry for all you haters out there. But it's uh it's just incredible the the relationship I've been in. Hey, you know it. It's just an incredible relationship that I have with my kids. That but but one but one of the things that I appreciate more than anything else is the relationship they have with each other. They're like the each other's best friends, and and, and that's one thing that I feel so blessed to have them as my kids. Because you know I, I talked to you about my daughter's journey, but my son, you know, he, he hasn't had it. I mean, incredibly hard. He's a you know, little spoiled one, Mom, mama's little boy. But he's been great. He perseveres a lot. He knows what he wants. He goes after it. And that at times, the things that he does really inspires me too. So it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome to have him as kids. I wanna They're- I wanna show you this. So can you see that? This is uh, God Family Country, is it? So God Family Country. It's in every single one of my covers that I that I've ever had. So I'm right. I'm right there with you, brother. Right, Roger that. Man, it's it, you leave me speechless, man. So I don't have any kids yet, and and, <laughs> not, kids? and trust me, 
No, no, but it's not for the lack of trying. It's just, it hasn't been in the cards yet. Uh, However, right, it is when I do have children, Mm -hmm. I aspire to be a father similar to you. And then uh, one of the biggest things that I've learned so far is that, you know, when you have children, your first, you know, 10 years with them, you're teaching them, right? You're mentoring them continuously. And then from the time that they're, you know, they hit their teens to like 18-ish, they they start figuring out who they are for themselves. Mm-hmm. But it, in my opinion, and from what I believe so far, a good father and a good mother and a good family turns their children or their children choose to become best friends with their parents. Mm-hmm. And that's a sign of greatness if you have that and which you have with your family that is an absolute great testimony and it blows my mind uh my father before he passed i consider him my best friend mm. and it, it, i couldn't put it into words until after he passed away and ma- many years after that but after that i was like wow he really was my best friend and that's what i want that's really what i want there, there is to me, a successful father, if I, if I ever become a father and I'm successful, it will be if they become my best friends after that, you know, regardless of what they do. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm inspired by that, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. No, for sure. Man, you got any good sea stories? Oh, my gosh. Let me see. I'm not letting you get out of here without some good sea stories. Please. Oh, my gosh. Let me see. Oh man, yeah, because I can't throw anybody else in the bus, man. It's just not right. Well, you don't have well, to throw names. So, so you gotta start you off. Throw with, incognito there names. I was. Uh, there I was, you know. Yeah, let's see. There I was. Oh, well, could it be? Well, I tell you what, when we were in um we were in Panama, there there was a basically a, a strip joint across the street from like one of the hotels that were there. And yeah, I remember some of the sailors going out there, coming back to the ship, you know, I will go to the casino, some of them will go to the strip joint or whatever. And then come to find out like a month later after we had left, I don't know if you guys remember, but remember a bunch of like either FBI agents or CIA guys got busted. It was at that same spot, man. So not that we were there with them chilling, but it was like, it was a trip how they got busted out there. I'm not sure if that's so much of a sea story, but the fact that we were, you know, in that vicinity where that happened, that was a trip. Yeah, I remember that was that uh, was the CIA. I I remember hearing about that. The CIA got in a big, big trouble for for doing that. Yeah, that's crazy. Huge trouble. And I remember one of our sailors hooked up with one of those girls and ended up marrying her. How that happened? No. Yeah, dude. I don't remember his name, but he was. um, I want to say. He was a gunner's mate. <laughs> so yeah. Ended up hooking up with one of them, one of them girls and, and ended up marrying them. Let me see. Ooh, Lamore. When we did to when we went to was it Fallon? Yeah. 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 That, no, El Centro. We were no, on even worse. El Centro. El Sueto. Yeah. So we were on debt to El Centro. And <laughs> a bunch of us went ahead and took the duty van. <laughs> and we drove all the way back to LA 
And um, because, you know, one, one of the one of the guys knew some peoples out there, whatever, wanted to pick up some stuff. I wouldn't say what it was, but we went to, all the way to L.A. Then we went all the way down to TJ and then hung out TJ all night long. You know, he's a monkey on the stick, went to a couple spots. So we broke night that whole night and we drove the duty van back out of Mexico unless we left it on the border i don't know if I, it, well this is like early 90s so it was open borders you could come in and out right so yeah we drove all the way back to el Centro. i think it was like maybe six in the morning gassed up and then got in time for mustard like at 7 30 and uh <laughs> that was a wild night. i won't get into any of the particulars on that one but that was a wild night <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I don't want them thinking anything but good things about their dad. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so that was a crazy night. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happened earlier on in my career. This is, uh, I, I call my BC days before Christ days. And so, uh, yeah, some, some, some craziness. Even on my 50th birthday, my buddy was sharing. Uh, my wife had a time of sharing. And so one of my, one of my old shipmates was there and he shared about, uh, the fact when we went out to the club and there was some girls there, we were all drunk. And then I had a geo storm. Remember the white geo storms? I, I used to have one of those, and I, I got, I guess, really drunk, and I just passed out in the in the passenger seat or something. They were trying to knock on the window for like thirty minutes to try to wake me up, and I didn't wake up. And uh, they were trying to decide, okay, who's the least drunk to get back to base? You know. And so, uh, so it was my boy Maldo, and then uh, so he went, he drove, but um, but yeah, that's about as far as I go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair, man. That's fair. So, with that being said, I want to ask you: uh, Do you have any last, you know, the save rounds, alibis? That anything yeah. else that you want to share before we go into the? Um, the last portion, the closure of the um, podcast. I would just say that as as we transition, as we help others transition, as what you guys are doing, helping others uh, to tell their story, to be able to share with people that are maybe haven't decided to get out. Um, one thing is for sure is that there's going to be a point in time where we all transition out of the military. Uh, whether unfortunately it's you know in a uh, on our own volition or in a body bag, and you know I guess the third way is if you get kicked out, but either way you're out. And so what you do with it is you know what you do with it. But when you transition out, what you make of it is what you make of it. As you go into that transition, know that you're not a person on an island. You know whether you're a sister or brother in arms. You're not alone on an island. You have people that have been there, done that, got the t-shirt and are here to help. And I think as long as we all have the mindset and the desire to pay it forward and help our sisters and brothers as they transition out, we're gonna have a better workforce, a better family force outside of the military than we would if we don't do what we should be doing. So I just wanted to share that. Let's go over to the final round. Let's do so it. what podcast or book do you recommend people in their journey of life? 
Man, that's a good thing. I'm not a huge reader, but I do read some books. I know when I got out, I was reading more books on like consulting if I can. Um, I started getting into podcasts probably within the last, I don't know, maybe year, year and a half, two years. Um, let me see what I have here. Uh, maybe last couple of years, um, uh, I've gotten into like the Bema Discipleship Podcast. Really gets intense on you know, like the Old Testament, New Testament, kind of some good ideas there. I know for me, uh, um, you know, knowing my industry capital ideas, you know, uh, talking about a lead advisor. So that was another podcast I would do. Um, I got into audio books and uh, recently as well. And uh, some really good audio books. Actually, I just read this book as well as listen to the audio, but it's um, How to Win Friends. Um, and, and influence people. Yep, and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Huge, huge, huge. Um, another one that's in my library, Relentless. Oops, oops. Oh, here we go. There, uh, Relentless Solution Focus by Dr. Jason Selk and Dr. Ellen um, Reed. And so they, he's a sports psychologist. He actually was. Um, hired by the St. Louis Cardinals when they went on their run for the World Series, like a year before they started going on that run and helped a lot of their players uh, to just be, you know, RSF, Relentless Solution Focus. You know, a lot of times we just, our minds is set on problem-centric thought or PCT, where this helps us to train our mind to be relentless in finding solutions. You can be you know, down on your luck, you could be, you know, getting objections all the time. But if you have, if you're relentless in your solution, uh, you're going to find ways to be successful. So that's relentless solution focus. And so um, what else? Got a little bit of a library there. I'm going to start getting into mindset. Um, also, eat that frog. I don't know if you ever heard of eat that frog. Uh, that's by Brian Tracy. And so that's a, a book on just the, the worst thing that you can do. I think it was, I forgot who it was, Mark Twain, I believe, coined it. If you can eat a frog in the morning, the first thing that you do in the morning is eat a frog. That's the, you got the worst thing done out of your way. And so you can move forward and do whatever else comes your way. So, um, so eat that frog. That's a really, really good book, the Bible. But other than that, that's about it. Yeah. My two questions, and this is kind of a loaded question, but I'm also going to ask you a third one. Okay. So question one is what advice would you give yourself as 17, 16, 15 year old that's getting ready to sign up for the military? What would you tell yourself? Well, 15, 16, 17, I uh, really wasn't thinking about the military at all. I was just trying to get through school and, you know, kind of chasing skirts. But other than that, at 18 was when I kind of, well, I guess 17, late 17, early 18. Um the advice that I would give myself, somebody told me when they had left the army, they were living, you know, close to where my mom and dad had the bodega and they were giving me advice and they were saying, you know, don't be that person to stand out. Cause if you do, basically they're going to mess with you all the time. You know, don't be that person to, you know, be the first to volunteer or whatever. <laughs> As the Navy says, never again, volunteer yourself. Right. So I really wish, I mean, I, I appreciated the advice, 
but I really wish I would have been more, more out of myself than what I am now. I think I would have been able to be more successful if I did put myself in situations, not to be arrogant or to be condescending or anything like that. But I think if I allowed myself to fail more often earlier in my career, then I couldn't learn from those mistakes to be able to grow faster in my career. That makes perfect sense. That's beautifully said. Yeah. Uh, second question that I have for you. Prior to you getting out, right? So you wanted to make it a career and keep on going for senior and keep on going. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give yourself a year or two years prior to, or maybe even earlier than that, about your transition? Oh my gosh, start early. Uh, start early, start early, start early. That's, I mean, if it's a tour before you get out, start because this is when you're going to be able to meet the right people and cultivate relationships that are going to help you into that next endeavor. I think for me, starting a couple months before I got out was not the smart thing to do, even though I knew going into that deployment that that might be a possibility. But I just thought, you know what? I'm going to make senior chief. I'm going to, you know, go get a, a great set of orders, whatever. And I did it. And so I think if you can start early, at least a year, but if you can do a year and a half and start networking, maybe if you have something that you want to already focus on, start building uh, acumen in that area. Uh, so whether it's business, whether it's a trade, start building the acumen you need so that when you do transition out, it's a successful transition and there's no regards or, or, or no concerns of not being able to succeed in that next endeavor. And last question, and especially because of your background as an LS and your background, you know, retiring from the military and also now where you're at, is there any advice you would give uh, on how to better take care of your finances while you're in? How long, would, how, how much of a nest egg or any kind of advice that you would give for that kind of stuff um, that is like a rule of thumb or something sure. that you would say? Yeah, no, great question. Um, you know, in my field as a fiduciary, I ensure that I'm able to hone in on my client's specific needs and I advise them on specifically what they want uh, to accomplish in their, with their goals. However, kind of a general rule of thumb, you know, I'm a big proponent of emergency cash. So if you're a single income uh, household, have at least six months of emergency cash, especially when you get out. Uh, it's easy to say, okay, I know I'm going to have a check on the 1st and the 15th. But when you get out and you don't have that automatic check on the 1st and the 15th, then, you know, it's going to be tough. So it's great to have at least six months of emergency cash. If uh, you're dual income earners, then three months, uh, four months should be enough uh, to find that next opportunity because it takes about six months to find a new opportunity, believe it or not. So that's that's what I would I would do with that. That was some pretty solid advice. And I call it my anti-Murphy fund, but it's also when you, it's funny when you actually start saving money, how fast money grows. Mm -hmm. When you could just start $1 at a time. Mm -hmm. and build your way up so it's funny when you when you have the money money grows faster and when you don't have any money murphy comes around and starts knocking on your door so yeah great. murphy's law for sure <laughs> yeah. great, great great advice how can we and our listeners get a hold of you well i mean by all means uh pass around the information i sent you earlier i mean you can find me on linkedin 
Um, Ashley Gonzalez, uh, 29-754-6018 is my business. Uh, you can reach me at ashley.gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z, at edwardjones.com. Uh, so there's uh, different ways that you can find me. Um, look me up, I guess, on Reboot or MBTSI. And if you get in touch with Maurice or, or Calum, uh, and they, you want to get a hold of me, they can get in touch with me as well. And then, of course, you guys. You guys got my contacts. So if uh, any of the veterans want to get to know me or, or find who I am, by all means, please pass along my info. Love to help. Even if it's just, you know, grab a cold beer, grab a cup of coffee, talk about transition, uh, talk about your resume, whatever it is. I, I, I try to be able to uh, coach and help and counsel people in all aspects of transition. Uh, the resume is big. I always tell my transitioning vets, make sure you star it. I said, what do you mean by star it? I said, S-T-A-R, situation, task, action, results. Make sure your resume looks like that. And every hiring manager will love to be able to interview you. I wanted to thank you for giving us your time, for helping us out. Ever since we first met you, I've got nothing but positive feedback from you. And I've been able to count on you. So thank you so much for that. We we met up under, in my case, a very strenuous time in my life. I actually, you met me when I could tell you that I, that was one of my lowest times mm -hmm. in life, that I was going through a crisis. And I wasn't able to share that or verbalize it or explain it. But without you knowing you were actually one of the pillars that inspired me to continue going. Um, your test, your testament and what you did and what you said at the hearing put a positive perspective into the, hey, I can do this. I am surrounded by the people that have made this happen in a very positive way. So there, there's, there's a way to go, move forward. So I appreciate you for, for having that and for doing that. And also for always being super reachable and super down to earth, man. I appreciate that. You bet, my friend. Bet. Uh, Ashley, thanks for coming on here. Guys, you know, he talked about reboot. If you need any more information, rewind to the beginning of this episode, listen to it again, go to reboot, take a look at it. You have Ashley's contact information. Don't be sending them all sorts of resumes without actually talking to them. Make sure you guys actually talk <laughs> with them. So Ashley, hey, thanks for coming on here. Thanks for spending time with Yogi and I. We do appreciate you being a part of our community, being part of our family. You guys can find him on LinkedIn. He's also going to be listed as a point of contact on our, on our, on our book. Um, wow. He's also going to be listed as a point of contact on our website. So take a look at that under our LinkedIn contacts. He will be in there. Brother, again, thank you. And everyone else that's listening, it's your transition. Now take charge of it. It's not all rainbows and unicorns. I'll get out there and go get it. Thanks for listening to Return to Roots. Do us a solid. Share this content with everyone you know, regardless if they're associated with the military or not. This content will help someone you know, and hopefully will lessen the deadly gap after service.
Our goal is to do whatever we can to reduce the number of suicides from 22 to zero within the community. Give us a five-star review, follow, like, and subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, TikTok, and you can follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram for more content from our guests. These are our personal experiences, and we do not represent the views of the United States Navy and or the Department of Defense. Your transition is ultimately up to you. Please do your research and ask questions. Use Master Chief Google or ask a friend and network within the community that you belong to. Return to Roots out. 